And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. DirecTV gives you access to apps like Netflix and live sports right next to each other. I don't get it. Let me put it in pigeon terms. It's like that one amazing dumpster with the old fruit and cardboard all in one place. How am I supposed to keep up with illustrative metaphors when you are making me so hungry? Get live TV and streaming apps together without a satellite. Visit directtv.com. Requires high-speed internet-connected Gemini device and separate paid subscription to watch Netflix on DirecTV. Terms and restrictions apply. The Athletic. Here we go then, the Community Shield is done and dusted and the Premier League is less than a week away. So we're back with the first Why Always Us of the new campaign. I'm David Mooney, I'm joined by Sam Lee. Hi Sam. Hello. Good summer. Uh... Uh, yeah, can you call it a summer? Can you call it good? Can you call it living? Yeah, yeah, it's all been fine. We, yeah, we go again, don't we? But yeah, all good, mate. Excellent. Uh, this is your Manchester City podcast from the Athletic. Uh, the football season's back, so it's the perfect time to subscribe to the Athletic. Join now to read all of Sam's stuff on City, including a recent piece on how Jack Grealish, the new signing, will fit into Pep's system. And if you sign up now, you'll get thirty-three percent off the price of a full subscription. Just go to theAthletic.com forward slash Man City Pod. Um, Sam, what else have you got coming up right now? Uh, good question. Um... Maybe something on what Kane can bring to City if that happens. <laughs> uh, no, we've just gone through like a big peak of um, a big peak of content really and getting everything ready. And now it's a bit like coming down the mountain on the other side. It, um, I've got something on Sam Adozi, the young winger who did quite well at the weekend, and certainly in terms of his mentality to keep going. So that that's something we've got coming up. Um, the other thing on Grealish I can recommend is the the insider piece on how the transfer was done, all the different. The, the political stuff there and you know Villa didn't want to sell to City so even after City had made the bid and were kind of legally obliged Villa were to accept it you know they they tried to sell him to Real Madrid and Man United just so they wouldn't have to do business with City it was incredible <laughs> really so I'd, I'd recommend reading that and then oh we've got season previews but yeah look whatever happens with Kane that we'll have a load of stuff around that and once the season gets you know a few games in we'll we'll see how City are going and what they're trying to do this season and that's always yeah. the the most interesting thing for me, a few games in, you need to work you know, how the season's going, what's actually happening, how are they playing. And, yeah, you get yeah, a good sense of it, Sign up now don't you? and you'll yeah. join us for that. Yeah, exactly. Sign up now and you'll, you'll get a good idea. And if you've already signed up, then you, you know exactly what I'm talking about. Yeah. 33% off the price of a full subscription. Just go to theathletic.com forward slash Man City pod. Um, we started there, Sam, by uh, introducing your Grealish piece. Uh, we can't not talk about Grealish to start with for uh, the first show of the season, I don't think, because it was, it's was it been the story of the summer so far. Um, I keep getting asked how he's going to fit in, and I keep having to say, look, I don't really know. Um, so how is he going to fit in? <laughs> yeah, um... Well, supposedly as a as a midfielder in the kind of um, Gundogan position. Uh, obviously, we've got De Bruyne, who's a mainstay on the right-hand side of midfield of the two number eights, if you want to call it that. Um, obviously, he's injured, so maybe it might be Grealish and Gundogan at the start of the season. Um, but let's just presume that everybody's fit and ready. You've already got Foden and Sterling on the left-hand side, which is what I was thinking. I was like, well, I know City do want to sign him, but... Where are they thinking of playing it? You know, how is this left-hand side thing going to work with that kind of competition? Because I know Sterling could, you know, hypothetically lead this summer, but it's very unlikely, and no one's going to bring that kind of money now. So yeah, there's that on the on the left-hand side, and it, but it turns out that Grealish he likes playing in the middle. We, you know, he, he thinks it's his favourite position. When we were speaking 
about all the different elements of the deal and all the articles we could put together. I was like, City want to play him as a midfielder. And the Villa guy said, oh, that's his favourite position. I was like, well, brilliant. There we go. So it's going to be as a, a number eight, really. Uh, I'm sure he'll play on the left at times. Um, maybe even at Spurs on Saturday, but I wouldn't be surprised if Sterling played just because he's one of those guys that always seems to be fit and ready to go. Uh, he'll play on the left at times, of course he will, and we already saw that at Wembley at the weekend. But I think the main thing long-term is he's going to want to be, well, he's going to be played as a that left-sided number eight. And then, you know, whether Kane comes or not depends how much he's doing. Because if you think about... Gundogan at the start of the year when he started scoring all his goals he was making the late runs into the box he was staying up and running off the back of people and getting into the area and in the past Guardiola was praised Grealish's like, decision making in the box whether it's the passes or the shooting and I'm thinking if there's going to be a false nine situation going on then he could probably play even further up and he could get into the box and getting ahead of the ball and, and scoring more goals but if Kane is there then maybe a little bit more withdrawn out to the left I think he's going to link up brilliantly with Foden and again we talk about De Bruyne being injured Foden's not going to start the season either but when things really get rolling and we're talking about October November time and everything's settled in a bit I think Grealish on that inside left position with Foden or Sterling outside him but I think particularly Foden just because they're both so fluid and they're both so sharp I think that's going to be a great link up and obviously you've got whether it's Kane or Jesus or De Bruyne are dropping off number nine. It's going to be really interesting, but it's basically yeah going to be that left-sided number eight position. Yeah, I mean the, the other the other aspects of it. You mentioned it in there already. The false nine setup because you know as we record, we don't know if they're going to bring in Kane or not. It's that's something they're trying to do, but obviously they haven't done yet. Um, so there could be a situation where it is Jesus as the as the striker, or there is no striker, and yeah. it's and it's a similar system to last season. Um, there's also the talk of of Bernardo's sale. Um, how far down the line is 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 this? Because he's one of the players that um, is, is unhappy in, at City, isn't he? Yeah. Um, it's a bit like when I said Grealish was advanced <laughs> a couple of weeks ago and all the Villa fans' heads fell off. Well, not all of them, but a lot. The Twitter ones. Um, because, obviously, at that point, it was like, OK, it's going to happen, but the bid wasn't made. But, you know, well, City knew what they had to pay or whatever. Um, the price was there. The buyout clause was there. As for Bernardo... I don't think there's anything concrete on the table, but he's certainly planning on going. Um, the club are planning on him going. I think this was in my article in the the Insider about how the Grealish um, transfer was done over the weekend. But I think Bernardo is basically moving out of his apartment. You know, I mean, in fairness, he was last summer. I think his boxes were all packed to go to Barcelona, and it didn't happen in the end. And that's why he was kind of gutted and why he still wants to go. But. He is, yeah, like he's not thinking about staying in Manchester for much longer. That is the plan for him to go. Um, see, my view on these things is that something will always turn up in football. If you want to make something happen, especially if George it, Mendes is involved, it kind of happens, gonna, doesn't it? Yeah, it's going to happen. But to be fair, I was saying that about Messi all summer. And I was even saying it on Thursday <laughs> night, I was like, he'll stay at Barca. But it, like, it looks like he genuinely is going and they can't make it happen. So, I mean, it's not certain you know, that he's going to come. It's a bit like it wasn't certain the Grealish was going to come, but it was very likely. And it's very likely that Bernardo's going to go. And it's, I'm glad, I'm really glad actually that Guardiola broached that subject of Bernardo. Well, he was asked about it and he was happy to talk about it, about Bernardo potentially leaving. And he talked about that and he talked about the other players going. Because obviously the last podcast we did together was like, I just got it's, back in the door from Porto. Yeah. Bomb, and bomb it was all, central, wasn't it? Yeah. And it was, yeah, it was bombshell central, but it was like, look, I know none, none of you are going to believe me, but this is the situation. I couldn't believe it either. Um, so that's all out in the open now. Um, but yeah, with Bernardo, 
You know, it was funny. I saw some people tweeting at the weekend when he like, did a a bad pass or something. I, maybe it was a joke. I, I, I wasn't sure, but people were saying stuff like, "Oh, you could tell with that that he wants to go." And I was like, "He wants to go all the way through last season. He, he was great. <laughs> like that's that's kind of the beauty of it." Um, but yeah, I don't know where he's going to go. There's talk about Barca, but obviously that ain't, that's not going to happen, is it? That yeah. is not going to happen. Um, Juventus, I've heard in dispatches, just rumours, and that, obviously Atletico Madrid were linked earlier on. So these are clubs where Mendes has got a decent amount of influence. I think City, they won't be desperate to sell him because I think they think he's a great player. But in terms of the squad size, it's too big now. They want to balance the books a bit more, especially if Kane's going to come in. So if we can say desperate to sell him because of the situation, they are. I mean, look, it's another conversation. If he's worth 50 million and Grealish is worth 100, then things have gone a bit mad. But it is what it is, I guess. And City City will facilitate something and I'm sure a club will try and sort something out but it, it's tricky like I say it's not nailed on but that's the way it's going Would they take a little bit of a cut down if, if it meant that it did balance the books? Well this is the tricky thing isn't it? Um, I mean what would be what, what would a cut down be? I mean if you're talking anything less than 40 then that would be it'd that's be a shocker that's really. a big L isn't it? Yeah yeah yeah. it's a shocker really um, especially because you know his contract's fine um, but again you know the clubs might think there's there's a bit of a situation where the clubs might be like, well, we're not we're not blagging you here. We haven't got any money. Like yeah. we can't pay any more. We can't pay fifty. We can't pay sixty or whatever. I don't know, um, but I think City are over a barrel slightly just because there's you know he wasn't entirely happy last season. A lot of players weren't happy about their game time anyway, which you know is out in the open now. Um, and the problem being, if you bring in Grealish as well and you keep Bernardo, there's even there's fewer minutes up for grabs really between all those players so he has to go City obviously they don't need the money desperately but you know if you want to bring Kane in then they do so they're over a barrel slightly in the sense that clubs can say we haven't actually got much but we will have him we can't really afford his wages either so yeah it might be difficult and it might be one of those where we get to the end of the summer and say they didn't really get enough for Bernardo but I suppose that's just dictated by the the strange circumstances yeah, of pandemic market. football Bernardo just wanting to go like so you know people are saying he's British better than Bernardo or vice versa. I've got a theory on that. But it's just, it just is what it is. Bernardo wants to go, almost kind of has to go. They're going to grant him that wish, but the pandemic makes it harder or makes him cheaper. But then they need to move on anyway because you can't stand still. So they get yeah. Grealish in. But Grealish's value to Villa is higher than Bernardo's value to City because they've got so many good players like Bernardo. Yeah, all these different things. But if you look at it black and white, you think the fees don't add up. But it just, it is what it is really. And ultimately, yeah. if City can keep up complacency and rebuild and you know win the league again next season then all that value and everything will will be worth it yeah um just while we're on the transfers um i've got to ask about harry kane because um it's this is um this is a situation that is when we talk about transfer sagas um we've we've got a saga here haven't we it's developing (laughs) yeah it is it is um and the thing with this one so with Grealish that I ended up right in the middle of that, which was annoying. Like, because you don't want you don't want to be in a situation with a transfer where if it happens or doesn't happen. And look, I I did very much enjoy Grealish happening in the end, just because of the <laughs> amount of shit I got. So I did obviously enjoy it happening. Because and basically that was because if it hadn't have happened, then I don't know, life wouldn't have been worth living for at least uh, God knows how long. But it would have been grim if it hadn't have happened. So obviously I enjoyed it. But you don't want to be in a situation where you're either being praised or abused for a transfer not happening because ultimately it's nothing to do with us like as long as the info is right in terms of this is the situation today 
Yeah, people, people uh, change their minds. You look at, I mean, yeah, people the, change their minds or the, things the happen one, or you know. The one that stands out to City for me all the time is Delph. Just like it's not a high-profile transfer, but he was already he was staying at Villa for a week and then suddenly that is arguably the maddest yeah. one. Yeah, and like for him to actually do the U-turn on City in the first place and put out that statement, actually I'm not yeah. leaving, and then to actually say, actually I am leaving. I'll put a full-on double U-turn. That is, <laughs> yeah, that that is madder than Dani Alves. It's madder than Alexis Sanchez and all of that. It is. That is the mad one. So yeah, exactly. You don't you don't want to be in that position, and I don't feel like I'm in that position with Kane. And also. Villa fans weren't happy with somebody and had to be the media. And in many cases, it was me just because of how last, well, the two weeks ago went. With Spurs fans, they're just unhappy with Kane because it's been handled quite badly. So the media aren't really getting the blame for this one. So it's nice not to be right in the middle of it. But in terms of Kane and that saga, I drove back from Wembley on Sunday morning, got back at like one, um, checked my messages and there was like six or seven saying, Spurs are signing Lautaro Martinez. What does that mean for Kane? And there was one from somebody else who I've been speaking to recently, which we might get into in terms of the whole transfer stuff in a minute. And he was like, there's been a breakthrough on Kane. And he sent it through, as far as I can tell, before the Lautaro Martinez stuff came through. Now, I'm kind of sharing that information because, first of all, it's so bland compared to the Grealish stuff. Um, I don't think people will go overboard with it. but And I, I don't want people to start thinking, oh, it's going to happen, it's going to happen. But... That was something that's not been checked out. You know, we're trying to find out what's going on with it. But yeah, the latest I heard on Sunday morning, we're recording this now Monday morning, and it's not gone much further, was that there's been a bit of a breakthrough. Um, Kane's statement last week, I don't think, was a statement saying he's going to stay. It was just another, the latest step in a in a botched, op- well, a botched attempt, really, to get a move to City, but also get the Spurs fans to carry on loving him. It's never going to happen. Yeah. Um, but it was just another attempt to say, oh, look, please still like me. Um, but it wasn't a, I'm staying. City don't think it's off. Uh, according to one message I got on Sunday, there's been a breakthrough, but what that breakthrough looks like, we'll have to see. And even if there is something going on this week, I think it'll be very much, well, they'll keep it as behind the scenes as possible because the Spurs aren't going to want to blow up before Spurs play City next Sunday anyway. So if anything happens, it'll be after that game, I'm sure. And look, if it happens before, then great, because it's all done and just sitting out in the open. But if I was guessing, it'll probably be after. But yeah, even though we put that weird statement out on Friday, it's not over yet. And to go back to your original point about it being a saga, it is one. And it'll run and run, because I don't think Guardiola's interested in having anyone else. It's just get me Kane, and if it doesn't happen, okay, we'll go with false nine again. Yeah, so, so be it. It's not a, it's not the end of the world, but it's this is ideal situation. Um, just while we're, while we're looking at, uh, at Kane and Spurs, Obviously, the game um, is coming up at the weekend. Uh, I, like you say, I don't expect anything to get done before that. It's kind of, it's kind of one of those right. situations where it's, yeah, it's, it's, it's not in either club's interest to really get it done because he's not in contention for the game anyway, is he? Because of uh, coming back from holiday yeah, late yeah, yeah, and all exactly. that sort of stuff. So even if he's at City, he's not in contention to play for City. He's not in contention to play for Spurs. It doesn't really matter about whether it's done before before Sunday or not. Um, but the the thing that struck me is that obviously it's City against Spurs and there are fans back in the stadium, so the atmosphere is going to be going to be right up for this. Yeah, um, yeah, there might be a bit of not as much like say if it was Villa against City, obviously it will be that would be a proper cesspit, wouldn't it? Yeah. It'd be like really grim if it was that game at the weekend. But like there might be a bit of an element of. Obviously, there'll be a good atmosphere at Spurs anyway. It'll probably be like when they moved into the new stadium back in the Champions League. That was a really 
good atmosphere, tense atmosphere, I think, for that yeah. City Spurs Champions League game a few years ago. And obviously because the fans have been out, I know they played a friendly against Arsenal on Sunday, which was weird, but it happened. So I know they're back in, but I think Premier League football, first weekend of the season, they'll be up for it. And there might be a bit of an undertone. It'd be interesting to see if there's any kind of you know, fuck off Harry Kane chance, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, I, I wonder yeah. if it's got to that st- I wonder if it's got to that stage yet. I don't think it's been handled that terribly that there would be full-on open rebellion. But, like, you know, if it were to transpire that, for argument's sake, he'd handed in a transfer request or whatever, and it's possible because he's going to meet Nuno on on Monday. Um, if that comes out, then it might, it might get a bit like that. But I think at the moment, I don't know, I think it will be like the old cliche of, but as soon as the whistle blows, it'll just be, like, focus Business. on the game. Yeah. And it's certainly going to be a... An interesting game because I don't think Spurs have had great um, preparation either. But obviously City just not ready yet, so it'll, it's going to be a really interesting game. And just trying to maybe both team both teams get through it as 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 best they can. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Let's touch on uh, the preparation for the season uh, because obviously Wembley they they looked behind Leicester in their in their preparations. It, it that's that's ultimately what I took from that game. Um, who's likely to be involved? Because the England players got back, I think, the day after the game um, at weekend. Uh, there's you know the the Brazil players the same. There's is it basically the squad that they've got available for the Community Shield is likely to just be a little bit further along, so that team is is going to be available again. Possibly, Guardiola said in terms of the England players, he was like, it depends on all kinds of things. He said most of all the mentality, um, so if they're ready to go. But he was like, look, it depends on body fat, fitness. And, you know, with Walker and Sterling, they've always kind of returned from injuries and layoffs and stuff really quickly, haven't they? And Guardiola's always said that about Sterling. He's ready to go. So it wouldn't hugely surprise me if Sterling was involved, maybe even if he had half an hour off the bench or something. Yeah. But, um, yeah, I mean, obviously it's not been ideal because Laporte got pinged, basically. So he was at the stadium on last Tuesday night for the Blackpool game. Um but then he got pinged on Thursday, I think, around then, and he's got to isolate until Tuesday. So that's not brilliant for him. But at the end of the day, you've got Diaz and Ake who have played a lot of minutes anyway, so probably stick with them. And even if Walker plays, like, or if Walker's fit enough to play, you've got Cancelo who's had plenty of minutes. So you play yeah. Cancelo. Um, I mean, you could arguably put him at left-back. There's the whole Mendy thing. <laughs> I know people are people are kind of talking up a big season for Mendy, and I could be wrong. I don't see it at all. You know, if 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 it starts to happen, you know, we'll we'll talk about it and discuss it and give him the credit he deserves. But I, I'm not I'm not on board with that. I can't see it happening. He's had a, um, he's had a he's decent preseason against against Preston, Blackpool, and oh, yeah. <laughs> Barnsley. Exactly, exactly. Um, I mean, it's been quite interesting how he's been tucking in, and that opens up space on the outside and. 
Well, sod it. It's a Bose post, but it doesn't matter. So last Tuesday night for that Blackpool game, I was speaking to a mate um, and he knows the Spanish players. And it was at half time and they all came over and I was like, I'll leave you in peace. And he was like, no, no, don't worry. Just stay. And he was like, Sam, this is Imeric, this is Rodri, this is Ferran. I was like, all right, boys. Um, and they all just sat around and they didn't speak too much to me, but um, they were all right. They were talking between themselves and stuff, a bit of, bit of chat. But like Laporte was saying, like Mendy's come, comes inside to open up space out wide. And it was a dozy. He was obviously very much on the left. And because... Mendy's not just inside like Zinchenko, he's just like right next to Ake, basically. Yeah. So whoever's marking him just comes all the way in. And someone stays in on Gundogan, so there's more space to get the ball out wide. And I was like, should Gundogan not kind of be out there as well? And Laporte was like, once Gundogan's a bit sharper, he'll be out there and more involved. Because last week against Blackpool, I think it was his first game, he looked a bit off it, as you'd expect. But Sunday, uh, sorry, Saturday at Wembley, Gundogan was a bit more involved. He was getting into those spaces a bit more, and there was one good attack in the first half where that worked perfectly the ball went out to Gundogan he gave it to Adozi I think he got it back and Adozi ran in behind and then Mendy eventually got it because Mendy had advanced all the way up the pitch and got a good cross in and I think somebody nearly scored an own goal can't remember who it was so that was a good oh, move oh yeah, yeah. So that's, yeah so that's something to keep an eye on um, and that that might be where Mendy you know he might have it in him to, to do something maybe in the early weeks then in midfield probably Fernandinho is a bit sharper than Rodri at the moment um, it might be like they did at Wolves last season. You know when they did. They, I'm sure they played a double pivot, didn't they? Was it Rodri and Fernandinho? Yeah, they played. And they just they, kept it yeah. very solid. And because Guardiola was talking about not being able to control games because they weren't fit enough, so maybe he does that. And maybe Gundogan plays in front of them because Gundogan had COVID last time, so he couldn't play against Wolves. But maybe Gundogan plays there because there's no De Bruyne. Um, up front you could probably play Bernardo as a false nine if you wanted to I know he played Torres there the other day but Torres has got that thing where he either scores or does nothing and there's yeah. not really any in between I'd, and because Bernardo's they might have the thing with Bernardo where they don't want him to get injured like happened with Sane um, so that might be an issue actually but Mares is fine off, off the right he's sharper than most so I'll play Mares. whoever the number nine's going to be so if they don't play Bernardo because of that, then I guess Torres. Maybe Jesus will come back fit. I don't know if he's quite the same as Sterling. Um, and then on the left, Grealish, I guess. Um, so it's a, it's a really strong team. The problem is the fitness. The problem yeah. is not being able to control the game for for an hour. For sorry, for ninety minutes, maybe dropping off after an hour. But then it depends on how on how fit Spurs are. Like Spurs, the whole thing about Spurs last season was that it was Kane and Son, and they won't have Kane. Um, they've got a, they've got a new manager now who not everybody's kind of enamoured by and doesn't have the best style and obviously when City played Wolves last year it was Nuno who was the manager and they're, they're very defensive and that can be difficult for City to play against but it's not going to be easy at the start of the season they'll probably drop points in the, in some of the opening games and I'm fully prepared for that and I'm not going to go overboard if that does happen um, but the Spurs game is not necessarily a write-off you know there will yeah. be a very strong first 11 there and even if Sterling doesn't play then you got Sterling to come on and things like that um, maybe Jesus to come on and Bernardo to come on there's certainly options there yeah now uh, for the second part of this uh, first show of the season Sam I, I want to get into your um, transfer stories and your building a transfer story because yeah. um, you obviously put that thread out on on Twitter which then resulted in the in the piece you wrote about how basically how a transfer story is built and what goes into it um, so I mean first off I, 
this this isn't like the only part of your job. It's just one part of your job, and it's and, and yeah. I guess I, and I guess it kind of depends on on your style and and kind of what it is what 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 you engage with as a journalist depends on how important you make it as part of your job. Is that right? Um, I, I suppose, but because people don't have to do transfer stuff all the time. Yeah. Um, and like during the summer, during the season, I went to a lot. So you know, I was getting like people were saying like, somebody. Well, one person in particular said, "Oh, Wilds and Greenish, you were the first person." I was, I was not the first person to say it. Like nowhere near, like nowhere near, because um, transfer stuff during the season and the way transfer information flows, it depends. Yeah, it, it depends on how kind of advanced it is. Um, but yeah, during the season, you don't have to do too much. And City are kind of finalizing their plans. Everything's in a very close knit circle earlier on, so it's harder to find the information. Sometimes I find out, sometimes I won't. Um, but yeah, I mean, after this transfer window closes, that'll be it then. And last season, like I'll be honest, I've had a lot of good information this summer. Um, I knew what was going on with Grealish. Um, knew what was going on with Messi, really, to the extent that as soon as he was leaving Barca, I was really pissed. Uh, a work party. I've not been drunk in years, but I'm certainly not that <laughs> drunk. But I was by eight o'clock. I don't. Even, I barely remember. My bosses came bounding over me, thinking, "Right, Grealish is done. I've done all my work." I wrote three thousand words on Grealish on the train on the way down. I was like, "There's nothing they could possibly ask me today. I'm going to have a glass of wine or ten and enjoy myself." And my boss comes over, and says, "Messi's leaving Barca. What does it mean for City?" And I was like, "I'm not ready for this." But I managed to put out a few <laughs> tweets and like send a voice note to an editor and say, "This is what's going on." So you know, he's not coming to City. So I've had a lot of good info this summer, and that's not well. Maybe it's a bit arrogant to say. But that's a preface to say. In last season, I, I felt a bit out of the loop, and I'm sure people might have noticed that, especially around December, January time. And this is another thing. So last last two weeks, when all the Villa fans were giving me stick, people were sending me messages saying, "Oh, you know, don't worry, no, don't let it get to you or whatever." I was even in the pub on Friday night, not drunk, just in the pub, and I got a message from so, Twitter. So, I know it does, it does sound like I'm unraveling it. a bit. It does sound like I'm unraveling a bit. But look, the pubs are open now, and why not? Um, and I got a message from Twitter saying somebody's alerted us that you might be having like suicidal thoughts. And I was like, oh, you know, there's like that kind of content on your account. And I was like, yeah. and I was like, wow, I mean, it's, this is a good system to have. And, you know, they give you numbers to call and stuff. And I was like, but that's that's not, you know, it's not a mental health thing. I, that wasn't the, the motivation behind all those tweets and stuff. It was just a kind of, it was more anger. I was like, it's so frustrating to have to tell people information that you have to be certain on. Yeah. And then just have people not believe you. And I did make the point. I was like, look, City fans are backing me up now because it's about Grealish. But a few weeks ago, I was talking about the players wanting to leave City. People didn't want to hear it. Yeah. So, But when it when it becomes a bit harder mental health-wise, was not mental health-wise, but I was a bit more down about it around December, January, because it was around the time that City had that game called off against Everton. Yeah. And there was, I don't know, there was just a lot of City fans on my case around that time. And that was when it was a bit more like... Do I want to be doing this job much longer? Is, is it is it worth it? It's a bit of a pain in the ass. But also, it was probably a bit harder then because of actual information-wise, when everyone was talking about Haaland and going, are there going to be January transfers? You know, I, I was pretty sure there wasn't going to be any. I, I can't I can't even remember if they were mildly looking for a left-back or something. Yeah. But I was like, whatever happens, there's not going to be anything. But I was thinking midway through the season, information's not really flowing at the moment because, you know, it was locked down again. People weren't chatting. People weren't yeah. having the conversations, blah, blah, blah. And it was a bit it was a bit tougher. So there's less info coming out. You get the little snippet to put in an article here and there. But what I was doing more, and to go right back to the original point about 
how do you cover a club if it's not transfers or even how do you cover a club if there's not a load of info in there you can do it on analysis you can analyze the games you can do tactical stuff you can talk about things that have changed um you can talk about stuff the manager's saying that's kind of interesting that you've not noticed before and obviously you know there was Cancelo, there was Gundogan doing different things um Foden was coming through I think there was more false nine stuff so there's a lot to focus on and it doesn't all have to be transfers but yeah at that point it was like not got an awful lot of information at the moment but as I kind of hoped slash expected now people can go out and see each other I can then see them the conversations that they're having and the conversations that I'm having and it helps and that was exactly the case before the Champions League final with the players being unhappy and wanting to go that was a, a coffee with friends or people I hadn't met before and a good conversation. Yeah. And that so that's how it goes. So yeah, you need that that flow of info really, but also you need a lot of different flows because a lot of people can tell you about dressing room stuff and who's unhappy and who thinks this and who's who is happy and who's going where for their holidays or whatever, but they won't know about transfers necessarily. Yeah. I mean or they the, might know about injuries, but they might not know about someone else's injury or they might not know like De Bruyne going to see Kugat Phil Foden went to see Kuga a couple of weeks ago. You know, this kind of thing. Other players won't necessarily know that and their friends won't necessarily know that. Um, yeah, you just need to have a lot of different fingers in a lot of different pies, really. There's often... Um, and this is, this is kind of my take from the outside looking in as someone who doesn't work on transfer stories. Um, there, there, I, there's a fundamental misunderstanding that comes with this territory, isn't there? Like, you you, you put out a tweet or you put out a, a story or an article or whatever that says City are interested in player A. And then the perception of how that is read is player A will join City. And that's yeah. not what you've said. You, you've, you've said... You've said something completely different. And as we said earlier on, people change their minds, circumstances change. What you're saying is at this moment in time, City are interested in buying player A from, you know, Club X or whatever. And yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's the, but the more caveats you put in, the more it sounds like you're just... You're covering your own worth back. putting any information out. <laughs> so that was all it was. So that was exactly the case with Grealish. I was like, I was trying to just tell the City fans, although it's kind of advancing in a good place, like don't start thinking it's done because who knows what's going to happen. You know, anything could happen. Like you mentioned the Delph one, especially with it being Villa and being like, like Grealish is like Mr. Villa as well. So yeah. there was always that kind of danger and Villa were always going to fight to keep him with a new contract and stuff. So all it was saying there was, it's, you know, don't, get carried away but also the more you said that the more the Villa fans were just like oh he's just sitting on the fence he's just kind of covering all bases I was like no 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 no. I'm telling you it's in a very good place for City you know there's a very good chance this is going to happen but then the more you argue against one side the more the other side are thinking oh it's a really good chance and the more you say no no there's just don't get carried away <laughs> the more the other side go oh, it's, just, it's difficult it's difficult because yeah. yeah you're right either one side takes it as they don't want to believe it so they don't believe it or the other one takes it as oh it's going to happen great and they get into a bit of a frenzy about it which is how it is, I suppose. Yeah. So where where do transfer stories start then? Is it is it literally overhearing a, a bit of a conversation, or is it literally meeting a contact and, and they say, oh well, you know, they're, they're preparing a house for you know a new player or like something like that. Well, this is it. I suppose it depends what at what point you get on board. Um, so by, by the time of preparing a house, um, you know that's that's pretty late in the day. Um, I mean, with Grealish, like the hospitality was being sorted out two or three weeks ago. I think it was three weeks ago. Um, well, more, probably a month. They were, they were actually sorting out the hospitality at the, at the Etihad for his family. And it's like, so what, like, so there was not much in the media with that. But obviously, everyone had done a lot during the Euro, saying after the Euros, this is going to happen. But there wasn't a lot. And that's why the Villa fans went so mad. Because when I said it was advanced, they were kind of like, oh, you're doing this without basing it on anything. And I was like, I know a lot of stuff. 
that means it's advanced. There's not a lot of stuff that can be said at the minute. Yeah, how how much of it can you not report? Do you know what I mean? Well, specifics on that... I mean, the good thing about the hospitality thing is that was kind of confirmed from a source at the villa end as well. Um, So it's it's, it's fair to say now enough people know about that. There's enough people around... You know, Grealish's family. You know, people people will be able to know that. Um, so, there's a lot of that. There's a lot of you know, people looking for houses and stuff that is almost too specific. And then you know, people like, oh, let's just say, oh, I work for such and such an estate agents. We're looking at houses for so and so, but don't say you got it for me. And it's kind of like, well, what obviously I know come then from? that yeah. that's kind of yeah, exactly. But I, like, I know then that that is advanced in a way. You know, or I know that it's on. But the main detail being he's looking for houses. I know, to be fair, houses is stuff that gets roped into transfers quite a lot, you know, so-and-so's wife is house hunting or whatever. Um, so that does get roped into it a lot. But there are a lot of those things like hospitality or looking for houses or I'm trying to think what else. Um, you know, setting up direct debits with Sky. Or, you know, I've got an order on for Jack Grealish's Sky account, his new place or whatever. You know what I mean? In, in Manchester, those kind of things. But you can't, you can't really say that because sometimes it's a bit too near the near the knuckle, really. And then people are like, "Well, there's only so many people know about that," and then they start pointing fingers around those departments. I mean, I might have even said too much on here, but like I say, there's enough contacts at Villa that it can come out of as well, and it has come out of as well. So there we go. Um, yeah, so it depends when you get on board with it. But, I mean, initially, and I'll be honest, I've not been that good. So City will get their targets identifying in, what, probably like February, March. And I remember when The Athletic, we did an interview with Jonathan Barnett and Mino Rayola ages ago. And Barnett was like, they were talking about the market this summer. They're like, it won't be that busy. But Barnett was like, we'll try and get one, probably one big deal done for one of my clients. And that's Grealish with Stella. Um, so, it was, you know, so it was around then. They obviously knew that it was... It was going to bubble along, but not too many people know about it at that stage. Other reporters did. I remember Jack, Jack Gaunt at the Mail, he said um, Grealish was probably around February, March time. Um, the benchmark I'm looking for in terms of one of my most reliable contacts going back four years is probably around April, May, because by that point, it's like the initial contacts from February, March have been done. It's still on. Normally, by that point, the player it's got an agreement with personal terms or at least like a, they'll know what they're going to earn and they'll say yeah and then it, City will kind of have an idea from the club if they're going to sell or not so it's always kind of April, May time that I'd like to have a well ideally I'd like to know earlier but it, it's more feasible for me to know who they're going after or at the very least the positions April, May but then as soon as it gets to like June and July the closer it is the further along it is the more people know about it and that was, the, that was the case with Grealish. More people knew what was going on. There was more departments involved at City. There was more agents at other agencies who were having conversations and they know what's going on. You know, it was the start of July when people I was speaking to were saying, you know, Grealish is done. And obviously you're not going to go and report that it's done because it's not. But what they mean is there's a certain fee they have to pay. Grealish wants to move to City. They know what the personal terms are going to be. And then, yeah, by this point, you know, so it was July then that it was done and it was august the 5th when it actually was officially done so even done can mean a month depending on summer um, tournaments or whatever so yeah um it 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 can start in any number of ways it can start with an agent having a conversation with another agent it can start with an agent within the same company maybe who's not involved but kind of know what's going on it can be people who know people at the club 
you know and then you start getting one removed then it's not come direct but that's how it works and it it, it changes all the time and one thing i must say and i think even some of my colleagues are surprised about this but people get in touch with me with info people dm me and like oh, i said this last summer but somebody messaged me about nathan ake being completed and i'm I was a bit unsure because I was—I don't know who this guy is. And I was like, he seems legit. Like his contacts seem legit, and it would be a bit of a, an elaborate ruse um, to try and catch me out. But I was like, I can't—I can't go in and say it's going to be done for this amount if it's not. Or I, it just wouldn't fit. Even if I got away with it and he did sign two weeks later, you know, I'd feel like you know I took a risk there, so I didn't do it. But then it, the news broke out of Bournemouth like an hour later after I'd spoken to City and said, is this the fee? And this was 24 hours after Torres had signed and I got sent a message by somebody around Torres and I had my phone on Do Not Disturb because I was doing work, so I missed it. <laughs> so two two days in a row, I missed the fee agreed message for different reasons. Yeah. Um, and this time, yeah, people were messaging me saying, this is who I am. I know this person. This is the situation with this or I've heard this. And then you think, obviously then, if that's proven right, then they're a good contact then for the months and hopefully years to come. Yeah. But when they come out of the woodwork during one summer, you're like, right, I've heard this, but how hot and heavy can I go in my conversations with people I do trust to say, is this true? Um, or then you, you suggest it to colleagues and then colleagues are going with my information that I can't be certain of to their contacts and say, I've heard this, what's going on? And if they get told it's bollocks and it puts them in a difficult position. Yeah. But that does happen a lot. But with the Grealish one, I had three people come forward with info on Grealish and subsequent stuff. And two of them have been proven right. The other one hasn't been proven either way yet. Um, but two of them have been proven right. And it's like, right, okay, this guy, these guys are going to be useful. Yeah. Um, so that's kind of how it works as well. You know, it, it has fortunately got to a stage where some people will message me and volunteer information. Um, but that's, that's always kind of happened, really. Um, for the last few years, it, it's just kind of deciding what to do with it and how to do with it but also you've got the info you've got the the side of things where these people will be probably more likely to have information that agents and clubs don't want you to know because for example if we're talking about arrangements being made at the etihad three weeks ago or four weeks ago for Grealish to sign but you know his people his family don't want that to come out you know so yeah. you don't want that to come out of course and it's like, so you go knocking around and you go say, oh, I've heard this. And you know, my, my, my colleagues will go knocking around, oh, I've heard this. And they get told, no, it's not true. And you think, well, I can't be certain that what this guy is telling me is true. But and, or even though it's been denied, I don't really trust the denials either because yeah. there are some people who are so close to things, you know, if they know family or whatever, like the old Kieran Trippier betting thing, you know what I mean, when he got done for the gambling, like Kieran Trippier's mates would have known he was going to Atletico Madrid. But like they wouldn't have yeah. told the media, you know what I mean? They were, yeah, yeah. This yeah. is why. This is why I thought the story on the front of the Sun from somebody who was at the, you know, Harry, Harry Kane's brother's wedding was feasible because people will be having those conversations at a wedding between family yeah. because they they don't they don't think there's media there. Do you know um, what I mean? Yeah, and but there's the, the other side of things. So like I've I, I you you get that situation. You see it in TV and films all the time where you think oh somebody just needs to overhear this and they kind yeah. of like stick a phone to their ear and walk past and just like that did happen yeah. once. I told you about that, and then I, and then I went back later on and we had to listen to it again. And I was like, I'm gonna have to cut. We're gonna have to cut out some of this. But I, I did mention that in the past about City trying to sign Mbappe. I literally did hear a conversation in English clearly um, about trying to sign Mbappe in 2017. So that was mad. But yeah, with this one, um, 
So like like with that Kieran Trippier example, obviously his mates knew. And, you know, it was a harsh that he got that ban, but his mates obviously knew. But then, like, if I knew one of his mates and then rang, let's say, Trippier's agent, for example, or one of the clubs and said, oh, I've heard he's going to Atletico Madrid, this seems really close, you, you might at best get the answer back. Well, you know, ideal world, yeah, crack on, write it, yeah. which is never going to happen. In an ideal world, you're probably going to get... It's an option, but you know there's a few clubs and there's nothing determined yet. And you know there's bit there's there's an you know there's a, there's an offer from Italy that we're really looking at. And all of a sudden, it's like that really good info you thought you had from Kieran Trippier's best mate is all, all of a sudden watered down. And he can't really run with the information in the first place because you think, well, I don't I didn't know this guy before. So yeah, yeah it, it's difficult in that sense. But that's that is one of the themes to this summer's transfer window. I think you know there's yeah. there's the undercurrent of what's really happening and what the sources closest to the deal will allow you to say and when they'll allow you to say it. Now, the article we did on on how the deal was done is phenomenal. Like, we had, between me and Greg, the Villa guy, we had a lot of good info on what was going on around Grealish and around City, but David Ornstein has absolutely smashed it out of the park in terms of what happened in the deal. And you should have seen the conversations that I had about, this is what I know, this is what we're not sure we can say. I need to have a conversation. to, And like none of this could come out while it was happening. So we yeah. didn't write anything. From when that bid was put in on a Thursday night for 100 million, which we knew about, we didn't write anything about, about Grealish to Man City. It, over the weekend when there were stories about Bioclub, we didn't do anything because we had a really good inside track. We couldn't really do anything with until it was like, okay, it's going to be agreed on the Wednesday morning. Um, so it was then just waiting to see what can we say and what can't we say in this big read afterwards. And I think... That is a very interesting part of this summer where even like in my example, you know you know City making preparations for Grealish, but people close to him are saying, no, 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 not so sure. And you can't go hot and heavy on it too much, but you can write an article about where he would fit in, for example. Yeah. And then there's the other thing with Kane. Now, all I'm hearing from Spurs is they're not going to sell him. But City are confident. So how are they confident? Somebody must know and something. Who, yeah, and my, yeah. and my, somebody must know something. And my, my sources at City are good. You know, like when they're talking, they they're good, and I'm I'm happy I've got them. But I'm really conflicted because all I hear out of Spurs, and all I hear from people who have got really good Spurs contacts, so it's not just like the press officer saying, "Oh, we're not going to sell him," because I could easily say, "Well, forget that." You know, of yeah. course they're going to say that. But it, like, there's really like deep embedded info that you know, if I got, you know, for argument's sake, if Kane was looking for a house around Manchester that I got from somebody I trust, I'd be like, okay, well, this is obviously on. But also, there's stuff like when. When Spurs were looking for a manager, Levy was basically just like any manager that is preparing for life without Kane, forget it. So it's like that's really embedded stuff that must be yeah. true. It's not just oh, we're not going to sell him. Um, but again, that that kind of encouragement must be coming from somewhere. If City think they can get it done, and maybe they're just thinking he'll force the issue. You know, we'll go on strike. Daniel Levy can't say no to 120 million, 130 million, and then add-ons and whatever. Maybe that's where their confidence comes from. But there's definitely. A very clear distinction between what's really happening and then even what's happening according to people who are very close to it because ultimately they don't want you to know. Yeah. You know, Kane's people aren't going to want the narrative to get away from him, as we've seen with how the the training thing's been handled. City aren't going to want anything to be briefed because they don't want anything to basically City as a press department. They don't want anything to look like it's come from them, and so they just don't talk. And it like even if I'm they get annoyed with me if I say City are confident because what I'm saying that is based on you know Cheeky Bagheerstein and, yeah. and what Pep thinks and what people around that think but that word confidence in football has kind of become related to press offices and City, I think City hate it when I say that because it sounds like 
that's City picking up the phone saying, just say we're confident and crack on. But like, it genuinely isn't. And so yeah. City just don't say anything until it's like, you can no longer deny it, you know, until it's like, well, okay, well, Grealish is going to be in Manchester tonight, so everyone's going to see him anyway. Yeah. So this is the situation. That's how they work. And it's how kind of, you know, Spurs will work as well. They'll just say he's not for sale all summer. But yeah. below that, and even below the agents who want to kind of make sure everything's done properly, but obviously they know exactly what's going on. You've got what, what's really going on. And obviously there's a, a small group of people who know that. But again, the closer it gets to completion and the more departments that are involved and the more people, you know, security teams are preparing for unveilings and blah, blah, blah. That's when it starts to leak out. But there's only so much you can report to protect confidences. And like you say, you go and check it out with other people close to it and they just go, oh, it's not that far along yet. And you just, you end up chasing your tail a bit. So it's very, well, it, it's very it, confusing and convoluted. You kind of touched on it there um, as, as to some of the reasons of what you, what you can and can't say sometimes, um, because there's, there's a criticism that I want to kind of uh, just kind of finish on. Um, we, oh, yeah, absolutely. You, you see all the time um, a criticism of transfer stories. Oh, there's no quotes. I don't believe it. And there's ultimately in your answer there, there is, there are very big reasons why you can't just put the quotes in from, you know, Harry Kane, from Harry Kane's best friend or the estate agent working on Jack Grealish's house because it dobs them in, basically. Of course, of course it does. Like, uh, to be fair, the, the no quotes thing does seem to die down a bit. It was a thing about 10 years ago. And even when I was at uni then, I didn't know as much about the game as I do now. But like, even when I was at uni, I was like, what do you mean no quotes? Like, <laughs> uh, how can how can I possibly be... How can I even be just a thought that comes into people's heads like what are you expecting and like so like now people are a lot more savvy about it you know they think everything's a brief by the way which when it isn't but you know people know kind of got a bit more of an idea about how things work but yeah like yeah like you say really everything i've just said kind of sums up why there are never going to be quotes there's never going to be like harry kane or yeah or whoever it's just never going to be that way but also like i said if i can't even put in some of the the specific information then you're never going to get quotes, yeah. Because you got, to, but then it does lead to the fact where I get you when you mention the word criticism. I do get why people just think there's nothing really in that, um, and like you know, I, I use the word advanced. I think what annoyed Villa fans the most is because there wasn't really anything that backed it up. But I should have just linked back to the one we'd done two weeks ago, and I was like, look, there's, you know, city sources believe there's a bio clause or whatever. Um, personal terms aren't a problem he wants to join city so that's the sense of it being advanced because all it comes down to is paying the money so it was but i think they were a bit annoyed where there was nothing really behind it but also and that's why in the comment section on the athletic i was like replying to people saying i can't say exactly what but this is the conversation i had on this day this is a conversation i had on this day this is what i believe here and i was answering questions saying this is why i believe it's advanced because of all this stuff um but without sometimes being able to go into the proper nuts and bolts of it. And yeah. that, it's only it's, then it's after like, the what, transfer what, yeah. goes through. Yeah, but it's only then after the transfer goes through or falls down where you start going back then and saying, on this date, this was happening. On this date, this was considered done. On this date, this happened. So, yeah, as it's happening, you've, you've got to be very careful with it. But it's almost like there's an element of, take my word for it, which I know kind of needs people to rely on a, on a reputation then but then that was even the case then so when i'd said about Grealish being advanced a lot of city fans were were on board but a lot of city fans were like oh well Mahrez denied your story last year so he doesn't know what he's talking about which again that story was true <laughs> i don't know how many times i have to say it um and then it's just like and obviously with guardiola confirming the players wanting to leave the other day it was the reputation's 
growing again a bit after a few yeah. difficult summers in terms of City not getting Messi and not getting Maguire and stuff which people weren't necessarily blaming me for but a few summers where you say things are going to happen or you know could happen and then they don't it's easy it's harder to say well I was right but they didn't happen people don't really want to listen to that yeah um, but obviously if you've got someone like Grealish and the players wanting to leave like confirmed as fact then it does make it a lot easier and the reputation builds then but you do need a bit of that because otherwise if you just write a story saying City you're interested in or they're confident of or they're advanced of or whatever and there's no details there I appreciate it can be frustrating but ultimately and I don't want to say this in every case because I think some transfer stories are very flimsy and, and you'll be able to spot for yourself if it says oh report in Spain and then you go to the reports in Spain and it will say reports in England and that's all just that's just shite yeah. that's just shite but there'll be a lot of stories from like trusted reporters hopefully of which I am one myself where there's there's a lot more info and like the story is basically the tip the tip of the iceberg and then the the full iceberg below the ocean level is all the info you've got but you just can't say yeah um the final thing that i have to ask you for uh this week's show sam um are you going to take a, a 1000 pound bet on kane to city <laughs> uh definitely not that was <laughs> see that was one of those where i was like i could make these people look like idiots because and again, it sounds arrogant, but it was true. And obviously, like, it's demonstrably true because he did sign. But I was like, I know that there's a very good chance that he will sign. And I could make these people look like idiots. And I could make them lose a lot of money. And I was even thinking, I was going to say, I'm not going to do 1,000 or 2,000 somebody wanted me to do. I was going to say, I would do 500 if this guy does 500. And like 20 Villa fans put up 100, 100 quid as well and do video apologies if it's wrong. And I was like, no, forget it. But I was thinking... I could make these people lose a lot of money. And I don't want, you know, pe- like I don't want your average person in the street to lose money. Christ, absolutely not. But like if you're going to be that arrogant and that ignorant to the situation to be throwing around a thousand pounds, I was very tempted to just call the bluff and say fine. But and look, maybe but, but the that's, that's when the transfer to, falls through though, isn't it? That's the, Yeah, that's that, when it yeah. falls through. That's when you are finished. Um and also I had to make the point that that's not what I'm saying. All I've been saying all along is and I'm I, I did say I I would bet if there was a market for, is Jack Grealish very close to joining Man City? I would put all my money on that because he is. But what's going to happen in the next ten days? I don't know. Um, so yeah, I was kind. Of, I was just making the point then. And look, ultimately, if I'd have made him do it, then Charity would have had a lot more money now, wouldn't they? So I, I feel a bit bad actually that I didn't. But it was like I can't be put in this stupid corner to be putting you know a, a thousand pounds i'm trying to buy a house you know we're saving for another year you know because we haven't got the money to do it we've been saving for years already you know i can't be putting a thousand pounds on the line just some stupid shit like i need to you need to understand that this is not what i'm saying but yeah especially especially with the cane one god knows how that's going <laughs> yeah well uh we'll we'll find out more i suspect uh, by the time we chat again next week sam uh but that brings us to the end yeah. of this week's why are uh thanks as ever to sam lee yeah thanks very much and you know didn't feel like long since the last one did it so we're up and running again and look, if something if something happens with Kane this week which I doubt but if something does then we'll jump on and do another yeah. one but it'll be next Monday before we know it the season will have started and we'll see whichever way that takes we'll, us we'll be in crisis after City's annual defeat at Spurs won't we that's the that, that, that's the way it works <laughs> it'll, it'll be me it'll be me on again saying look don't worry about it but I was I did that after the Community Shield at the weekend and look it doesn't matter the Community Shield doesn't matter yeah. you know especially this year when they're, you know if they're playing Liverpool they're playing Chelsea and all the players are fit it doesn't really matter but it's annoying to lose but the Leicester one it didn't really matter just because it just, there was just there was no team there no no one was fit yeah. 
Yeah. It doesn't matter. But I was like, I kept saying this about the Chelsea games at the end of the last season, and then the one that did matter, they lost. So didn't yeah. didn't go well. So <laughs> I do feel bad for just being this kind of oh, don't worry about it. But this season, it's gonna it's probably gonna be a slow start. But look, it was a slow start last season, and even we got to the stage around December thinking this is bad. This is yeah. bad now. Like what's going on? And then they turned it around. So yeah. if even if even if things are a disaster by like mid October, I think me and you are still gonna be like. Uh, yeah, we'll sit on the fence for a bit longer. The last season was all right. Well, I, exactly, I'm notoriously exactly. good at sitting on the fence. Never you mind. Uh, yeah. So uh, join us again next week. You can sign up to the Athletic right now with a 33% discount. Just use the code Man City Pod. The Athletic.